Welcome to yet another episode of Pursuit Podcast. With me, as always, Kim Mukeron. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, today we have uh, Carlotta Hitchke Fennefoss as our guest, former D1 soccer player at Lipscomb University in Nashville, Tennessee, and at University of South Florida in Tampa. Now, currently a professional soccer player for Stubbeck and doing your master degree in pharmacy in Oslo. Welcome. Thank you. Great to have you here. Great to be here and uh, have to get used to the English again. <laughs> yeah, uh, you've forgotten all your English? Nah, but I feel like I always get a much more of an accent when it's been a while since I've yeah. talked. All my friends in the States are always like, oh, I can hear you're Norwegian again. It's <laughs> creeping up on you that yeah. you're losing your American accent. Definitely. So um have to get in to give me a couple of minutes and I'm back. <laughs> yeah, we can do the talking and you just tune yeah. in then. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, well... We started the process with you uh, back in the day. You've been you graduated in in uh, August 2017, and you went over in in August 2013. Yes. So, um, so I had to dig back in our archives uh, and and look for okay, what's the Lotta Fennefoss file um, to, to 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 refresh my memory. Um, obviously, I've been working with your brother as well. So I know the Hitchke Fennefoss family <laughs> quite well, and he's soon graduating too, which is good to see. But it started with you. And I remember you contacted us, uh, and I think you had some friends that were also thinking about going to college or maybe had done that, and you, you were interested in looking at it. But wh- why did you make that decision to look at the U.S. option? Um, so there were couple of things. I think I uh, the first time I heard about it was when I was in the States on vacation with my my family and um, someone that we um, met, I don't even remember who, said that his um, daughter was going to go on an athletic scholarship to college. And I don't think I had heard that much about it at the beginning. And then we, my dad was like, wow, that would be a great idea. Like that would be a huge opportunity for you to go to a great school in the States. And so we started to like look at it together. And then I think um, um, a girl on my team was talking about it and she was in the process with you. Uh, but I didn't know her that well. I think she was like an older team or something. And then um, I reached out to her and she told me that you were helping her to find a school um, over there. And then I contacted you and I was like, this is, i mean, it seems like a cool opportunity. Like, how how would that how would that come come together? And then I I also was thinking about it because I didn't know what to do after school because you've been in high school forever and you're just like used to going to school. But then afterwards, you don't know what you want to study. Yeah, like, it's difficult to know yeah. at that age what you want to do. Yeah, and you're like 16, 17. and I had no idea. I was thinking about maybe the military, maybe just work a year because school. I had definitely no idea. And then I was like, I mean, I started reading about the States and they were like, oh, when you take a program in the States, you also have a couple of, you know, like general classes. So you don't like in Norway, you have to decide on what you want to yeah, do. It's right three away. years with your bachelor's yes. and it's like focused. Yeah. And I was like, well, that would be a great opportunity. You have like the first one or two years where you have a couple of other classes and you can make up your mind. So I thought, I mean, 
and then a different country. I always love the States. I mean, it's like the, the, the big, big, um, like, athletic world over there and it's huge so i was like that would be a great opportunity to get away from europe yeah. see what's out there yeah. and you did it I was did. Uh, and you you delivered at a high level you, you were a good soccer player you played for lean uh which is a big club in oslo and but you were also you i remember we started working and we were aiming you did well in high school good grades that's always a positive thing you know the, the better you do in, in with your classes here the higher your grade point average the more schools you can in theory get into um, and if you combine that with of course the highest level of soccer then yeah you, you have the world of opportunity too uh, but you progressed a lot during our time working together yes it was um uh very weird progression because I think I was a, a slow bloomer or a late bloomer. So um, when we started our process, I think I was playing for Lean and I was a decent player and it was a really good team, but I wasn't like an outstanding player. And then after I think we had worked together a year or something and we were already looking at schools and like talking to schools that were at my level. And then they started talking about me being on the national team or the U19 national team. And then after I think even we had signed with Lipscomb, then suddenly I was on the national team. So it was like, and w when you're going over to the States, I mean, I had never been there, so I didn't know the level. And Americans are really good at, I wouldn't say bragging, but they're really good at telling other people how good they are. So you're not sure what level you're at or how much you can say, oh, I'm gonna be the best player. And we're, I feel like we're really humble in Norway too. So it's, it is, it's certainly a mismatch there yeah. with the humble European or Scandinavian coming over to an American that will he selling snow to Eskimos. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they're good at getting the positives uh, out about their program and the school, and of co of course, there it is a sales process too yeah. to recruit. Uh, of and course. definitely, when you're 17 years old or 16 or 18, I mean, you're kind of humble and you don't want to oversell yourself. So you don't really have anything to me measure with, like, directly. And then... I wish we could have a college, a good college team coming over and playing against yeah. a good, say, a Norwegian team or a Swedish team or Danish or British team, whatever, just to kind of see, okay, this is... Uh, now you can see yeah, this level. is how the level compares. Because yeah, the way you compare now is you have to look at individual players, what they did where they were at and yeah. then where they end up and how they're doing in that team and at what level they are. And obviously it fluctuates too uh, yeah, in, in college. It's, you know, you can have a really good season or you can have a, a bad season. Yeah. So that is really tricky yeah. to, to land on that exactly. Yeah, so then after I had signed for Lipscomb, I got on the national team and that's an easier parameter to compare with because then you have an American national team, you've played some international games maybe, and you have something that you can use to put exactly, this is like the baseline like level I'm at. Um, but yeah, so I even remember, I think the first, I went over there to Lipscomb, and I think the first two days I was there, or a week or something, and then I went back home to play for the national team again. Yeah. And I remember that in the process, you, you'd been speaking with the coach, uh, obviously he was, overjoyed that you called up to the national team after you'd signed the scholarship yeah, paper you yeah. know he had a full ride invested in you and i mean we're talking NCAA division one it, it's obviously 
you shouldn't always measure the level of soccer on what division it is, but generally Division One is the highest uh, in in college soccer. Yeah. Uh, but so so it was still a Division One team, and it's in a nice place, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so on paper, this was uh, obviously maybe we felt that you could have maybe landed a maybe a even better soccer team at that time. But obviously you you went through with it. But one important aspect was that hey, I'm only going to come if you allow me back to play in the under 19s uh, Euros. Yeah, which. Of course, that is a once in a lifetime to do, and and he accepted that. Yeah, he did, and because that was um, the season begins pretty fast over there, so I think I had to miss maybe I don't even maybe even the first game of the season, because um, I was gone for three weeks. So that was a really long time. And he was um, at that time he was a new coach, so they were trying to rebuild the program. So it was a really exciting time, and and the school was um, it was beautifully situated right outside of Nashville. And Nashville is like a music uh, yes. city. Tennessee, I feel like all of Tennessee is like a music state. Yes. You have Memphis, like Elvis, and you have Nashville is very... Yeah. How was it to live in Nashville? Well, I think Nashville is one of the prettiest areas I've been in in the States, like the city. It's actually like a European city where it has a city center, which is not that often that you see mm. in the States. So that was a that was one of my big wishes. I wanted to be close to a city, um, so that you're not in the middle of nowhere. That was one of my big things. And um, they had so much to do. So they had so many concerts. Taylor Swift lived there, and all these big country stars, which they loved and I'd never heard of. Um, and they have a really good hockey team. So there was there yeah, was the Preds. Yeah, they won the Stanley Cup several times. Yeah. So um, there was always a lot to do, and then. Like the countryside around is also really beautiful, and um, yeah, it's very, uh, very southern though. So it was a culture shock at the yeah. beginning. Well, what sure. do you mean by southern? Well, to to the ones that haven't been to the states and maybe live there. I I lived in South Carolina for yeah. four years or more. more. <laughs> so that is also deep in the in the south. Yeah. But what, what what how is the south? So I would say that the south is um, they're very polite and welcoming. So they're very they're they will welcome you into their homes and I barely met you and um, I thought that was a really really different situation from Norway because in Norway people are kind of standoffish and they don't they're not as open to you as they would be to like they don't they won't Im- invite a random yeah. stranger into that their is home. a bit like oh, yeah. what's not happening here <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so I was immediately included into everything. They took me to everything and their homes and their families. And it was it was amazing. And then um, a big part of Nashville is like the music and then also religion. So they're pretty, um, I, I think in the South, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of like community when it comes to church. Uh, so that the Bible Belt, it's also referred to like the southern states. Yeah. And there's a church on every corner, yes. and which is obviously a little bit different uh, uh, than it is in other parts of the world where it's maybe not so prominent. The the faith, uh, of course there is faith, but not, uh, not on every street corner yes. like it is in so, the south. Yeah, so there was a huge part of everyday life and the school Lipscomb I went to is a Christian school like a lot of the university in the states are based on either um, like either the Catholic 
Catholics uh, Protestant or, yeah. or Baptist or yeah. I mean I didn't even know all the sorts of they have so many different churches you can be kind of yeah. belong to there. So Lipscomb was I think um, Church of Christ, and we had before practices or uh, after games and before games we used to pray together, which is very normal at schools also that don't have necessarily like a religious affiliation because yeah, we we used to do that and i was at a yeah. public school in south carolina it was not uh, affiliated with a uh, with any church because lipscomb is a private school they yes. are a bit more free than to do whatever they want yes. or be affiliated with whoever they want and but we did the same yeah and trolls i don't know about you not at all yeah <laughs> oh, okay, I, you were in probably Boston, from, yeah, probably New Hampshire. from the least religious schools there have been i remember though second game in my college career we met a team and they had a monk on 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 the bench oh. and i was uh surprised yeah. uh never seen that before uh and uh then i in like in his proper monk uh, yeah, yeah. In, in, in the i don't know if you say costume but um, uh yeah he was a, he was a proper monk and they and they prayed together and it didn't work because we beat him uh but i think uh that was my like sort of first you know, view of how religious some schools are in the U.S. And I remember that uh, for me especially, I was happy that um, I belonged to a school that didn't follow religion that that closely. Yeah. yeah. But you, you had to take a few classes that were... I, I had to take some religion classes, but I think you also had to do some uh, certain amount of classes that were related to religion yeah. uh, at the school. I had to do... Um, Bible classes is what they called it. So you would have to take uh, one class a semester. And then it was like you had sections of the Bible that you would discuss that semester. And then you would probably write a couple of papers about it, which was very new to me. But um, I mean, I love religion and discussing it. And I had so many discussions with people about religion there because my standpoint was so different from theirs. And a couple of them had been homeschooled or have kind of lived in this bubble and they hadn't met someone from the outside so it was really interesting and then we had um, church credits as well and we did a lot of because I was on the soccer team we did a lot of community work Mm. so I didn't have to go to church that Mm. often but um, usually it was one time a week we had like an assembly Mm. um, in the gym and they had a couple of songs and you would just sit and listen and it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. Some guest speakers yeah. that they typically bring in. And yeah, and a lot of songs. That was like their big thing, like a cappella songs because they weren't okay. allowed to use uh, instruments. Okay, of course, Nashville. Yeah. You, of course, want to use uh, uh, get, get the music going there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Trolls, you, you had two different experiences because you, you studied one year in Boston, which mm. is obviously a very big city. Mm-hmm. And then you transferred on to a school in New Hampshire, which is more rural. Yeah. H- how was that different for you when you, well, when you moved schools? I remember it was very different because um, my preference when I first talked to you guys was that I wanted to go close to a big city. And then I ended up in, in the middle of Boston, which is a, you know, a city that I learned to love and that I it's my favorite city in the US now I have a close heart to it though but in in Boston you have the chance to do whatever you want whenever you want so when I was done with school and practice I could take a walk in the city I could go to the movies I could uh, go to a concert I could go out with friends uh, and you have huge parks you have literally everything and you're close to the ocean if you want to go shopping you can do that in New Hampshire you can't so it's sort of uh, when we talk about the 
the school community, you have a, a lot bigger school community in New Hampshire because it's it's an area where you don't have any big cities. Uh, it's an area where the town is sort of it it, it thrives on the students because it's I think it's seven or eight thousand students, and I think there's two or three thousand that lives in Plymouth. So there's more students than there are people living in Plymouth. Yeah. The so, town is there because of the school. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, the school community in, in New Hampshire is, is a lot better. And, you know, you you are with friends and, and at their houses every single day. Uh, but in Boston, you could literally do anything you wanted to do. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's check out the Boston Reg- Red Sox game. If yeah, you so I to. went to yeah. Red Sox game, went to Bruins games, I went to the Celtic games, I went to the Patriots games. In New Hampshire, you can't really do that. So uh, that was sort of a big difference, but I loved it in New Hampshire as well because you get so close with your fellow teammates and the rest of the school. And I lived, you know, I was close with the hockey guys, the soccer guys, the um, ski guys. In Boston, you don't get that because it's just a big city. But you, you didn't complete your degree at Lipscomb. I remember you contacted me and said, hey, I think I'm, I'm interested to... To maybe see if there's a better soccer team out there because you, you were really doing well in, yeah. in school uh, and you ended up at the university of south florida in, in tampa yes uh, quite a big change how was that process um so i was i at, when i first got there i i didn't think i was going to transfer because everyone took me so well in and the coaches really took care of me as i was one uh I think we were four foreigners, so they were really taking care of us four especially. Um, but then I think I I saw that I was doing really well at Lipscomb, yeah. but that maybe not all of my teammates were at the same level or wanted to achieve as much as I wanted to do when it came to soccer. So they used maybe their scholarship more as a way to pay for their degree, whereas I really wanted to be over there to get a degree but really play soccer. Yeah, you had yeah. high ambitions with, with your sport. Yes, definitely. And I think that was like the biggest mismatch I maybe saw. And because I was doing pretty well at Lipscomb, I was like, but we weren't winning that much. Or we were winning, but we weren't going as far in, the, for example, the national tournament, the NCAA tournament and stuff. Because yeah, you were still in the rebuilding yeah. phase. I mean, the coach had just come in. I mean, Kevin had come in and he was building a new program. And that can take time. Yeah, and we know. were breaking records. Um, the whole season, the whole first season I was there, and we were doing amazing. We had a winning record, and we were scoring so many goals, and we were really doing great. But, I mean, he still had had a couple of years to build a, pro- build a whole program and get where he wanted it to go. And then I started to think, well, I only have four years, and I, I, I don't want to wait and see how far we can come. Like, my time might be up by then. Mm. So then I contacted you. And we started discussing looking at other schools, and I think. Yeah. But did obviously there's a process to transferring, and you have yeah. to get like the paperwork in order before someone is allowed to do anything. So the remember, you know, it's obviously can be a sore topic if I mean you're a good player. I mean, no coach wants you to transfer. Yeah. Um, but in the end, they can also understand that hey, that uh, a new it's okay for you to look for new places and people you know students say transfer that happens quite yeah. quite frequently but yeah. uh but obviously it's a process to it and you have to do it the right way but uh and it's also about the timing of transferring because you you ended up finishing two seasons at Lipscomb yes obviously you, you play in the fall and you start in the fall so you play you know you did one school year and then you played one more season in the fall and then you transfer to 
South Florida uh, for January. Yeah, so it was obviously a really tough discussion with the coach because I was doing really well there, and he was really building the program, so he didn't want to lose one of his really good players. And then we made the compromise that if I stayed for my sophomore year and played then, then I was allowed to look at other schools, and then he would wish me well, but he just needed that second year so he could attract other players and also not frighten off the players he already had. So it was a really... I think that was a good way to do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was a bit like a give-and-take situation, and that's how how life works, I think, too. Yeah, and I I mean, I really love the people at the school, and the school was a really good school academically, so I knew there wasn't an issue to transfer when the time came. So, um, no, it worked out well. Um, it was, I mean, it was tough because you don't want to leave your friends. So it was like a going back and forth decision the whole time. Um, but when I got to USF, I was, I was really happy I did it. So you get to Tampa, Florida. Beautiful. How was that? Um, amazing. So it was, it was a vacation every day. Um, a huge school, so big difference to Nashville. Then we had fifty thousand students in Tampa, and in Nashville we had like four or five thousand. And then we lived right off campus with our own apartment, own bathroom, all new, with uh, with a pool right outside our door. And then the school was, I think, three minutes away with a bus. Like we had a school bus that would drive around the whole day and pick us up. And um, the campus was beautiful with palm trees and and just you could walk around everywhere and had these huge, huge buildings. So it was like something you would see in a movie. At least that's what what I thought when I got there. Yeah, Yeah. I'm uh, I'm thinking back to my own recruiting process because I was recruited by University of South Florida myself. So I could have ended up in Tampa. I obviously it was between University of South Carolina upstate, which is kind of like Lipscomb, smaller school, 5,000 students. Yeah. Uh, or I could come to Tampa and play for the soccer team. But back in the day, you know, the websites and it, it's completely changed now. I, I couldn't really see the difference because there's obviously a big difference between a 50,000 student school, big Division One school versus a, a smaller, you know, at that time, a Division Two school that I attended. But I had some friends that really enjoyed it in in Spartanburg, so I I ended up going there, and I, I really don't regret that because uh, I had a great time, and you know I've done so many things since then because of that. But obviously, you can look at on paper it was like wow, you you I turned down a school like Tampa, the yeah. University of South Florida. That was uh, uh, maybe crazy to some some people. Well, it's it's definitely you have to be. Uh, be more reliant on yourself because the school is so big. You do get help with all the stuff, but you don't necessarily, I wouldn't say that you get the personal touch maybe that you did when you were at a school like Lipscomb because there everyone would know you almost and because they would be like, that's that's the soccer player from out of the country. Mm. And that would be... Yeah, a- the professors really know that yeah, too. Yeah, you know, they would notice right away. Whereas in, in Tampa... Um, you have to be more self-sufficient because it's a huge school. I mean, the coaches and the staff around the team, they would help you, but the professors wouldn't recognize that you were maybe on the sports team because they have their own program and they have a couple of hundred students every day. So 
you're not as much as a priority to them as maybe at a smaller school. Because yeah. mm. how many, you, you maybe had lectures of two, 300 people in Tampa. Yeah. But how was that in Lipscomb? In Lipscomb, we had, it was more of a high school style, I would say. So we had maybe like 20 to 30 students. And um, so it's much smaller classroom spaces. It was easier to get in contact with the professors because you knew where, I mean, there were a couple of buildings. You could find them pretty easily. Um, so that one, I think, was a really good transition from high school because in high school, you get everyone's teachers help immediately and when you're at a university it can be really big and confusing in a different language in a country you don't know so i think that was really good at nashville you had all help available all the time you could ask your coaches to drop in and help you with anything and they would and in tampa i mean i got really a lot of help too but i didn't need it as much because i had already d- like done the transition to nashville you learn a couple of things and then at Tampa I kind of manage it myself. Yeah. yeah. But how was it to, uh, you have to obviously register for classes and set your schedule. And I imagine you do that before everybody else at this big, in a big school like uh, South Florida. Yeah. So we had advisors for everything. So here again, you if you needed help, you would get professional help. I was a bit so, I mean, we had um, a person that would help you with picking your classes. So we had um, early registry, which means that we could pick classes before any of the regular students because we were athletes. Um, and then we would sit down and go through all the classes I would have to take in order to get my degree and at what times um, they offered them that semester. And at a big school like Tampa, they had way more different options, of course because there were so many teachers. And um, so they would help you register them for your classes. And then they would also help you get all your books and they would tell you where you would have to be at certain times. And then also um, I actually got tutors because um, I had organic chemistry and English. And uh, I thought chemistry in high school was already hard enough in a region. So um, I got a tutor over there to help me because that was a really, really tough class. Yeah. And, and t- tutoring means that you have someone, like one person, like helping you uh, with the homeworks and the assignments and yes. kind of teaching you one-on-one. Yes. And that was part of this, the, the athletic program because you were a student athlete? Yes. And most I think most schools will help you with that if you have trouble in school because they want you to succeed in school because the better you do, um, at your schoolwork, the better it also looks for your um, soccer program. So they're very focused, and if you are doing good in school, they want to help you keep up. Um, so tutors were usually, uh, in my case, I think older students yep. that have, yeah, they had the class before, mm. and they did good enough in it, so they were allowed to tutor us. And that was a really good thing because, I mean, coming over, you – a lot of people in Norway can talk English pretty well, but if you're supposed to do organic chemistry in English, mm. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't even know math in English because it was just different. Yep. So that really helped. I mean, I had so many miscommunications in the beginning, like in science class in, in Nashville. I remember we had, it was a really Southern teacher and I had missed the first three weeks. And then it was, I think, bio or chemistry or something. And he kept talking about Adam. 
and he had, he was a really southern guy and I was like I don't know who this Adam is is he talking about Adam and Eve but he knows that that wasn't part of like uh, if they bring if mm. they bring Adam and Eve into yeah. chemistry class that, was, then we're then we're, I was like I'm confused and I was <laughs> like who is this Adam I have never heard of him I mean I've heard of all these other scientists but Adam and then I was about to raise my hand and he wrote it on the board and it was like an atom like mm. the molecule parts and I was like oh and I you felt so dumb all the time for the most basic things that you didn't understand yeah. and like th that's with the southern accent yeah. it can be trickier to with, with some of the words yeah. yes and they were slurring their words together so it was mumbling and yeah. they keep I remember I in my first 2 weeks I, I lived with uh, uh, two guys from Trinidad oh I, I could not understand a word of what they were saying yeah. for two weeks. Yeah, I really, I was just nodding along, and when they laughed, I laughed, yeah. and <laughs> it was just uh, a bit of a. I thought I knew English fairly yeah. well, but then I came there, and you, I mean, with the with the, some of the Germans on the team was no problem. Yeah, and I had a, another teammate from Blackburn in England. I had no idea what he was saying, <laughs> but the one from London, it was okay. You yeah. know, yeah. so it's. Uh, it's, it's a difference. Uh, but the soccer side of things, you went on to have a great junior year. So the third year, your first uh, season at uh, USF, that was a really good one. I think that was the best season over there overall. Um, also because I had, because I transferred after Christmas, I had the whole spring to uh, train with the team. And because it was a significant step up. So it was... It, w it had some adjustment to do to get in like the starting 11 was really hard remember the, most of the spring i wasn't in the starting 11 i mean that was a transition just in my mind to be from always playing to maybe not playing that much and then um i used the whole spring and and they really found a s good spot for me on the team and i worked my way in and then in the whole fall i think we had an amazing team and we should have gone even further we went first round NCAA and we lost to one of our rivals FGCU uh, Florida Gulf Coast yes. that must hurt yes and that was a team I used to play against with Lipscomb as well and we used to lose because they were just a little bit better than us and um, so that was heartbreaking but um, that team was so good and um, we almost won the the conference tournament as well so we had never been closer to anything so it was a huge step for the program and we traveled around the whole country, and when you're at that big school, um, a lot more people recognize who you're playing for mm. and come talk to you. So it was just like a whole nother level of professionality, like the the whole support team around, and the the um, the fields that we played on, and the people that came out we played against. Um, I mean, the teams in Florida are really good when it comes to women's soccer. It's like Florida and California are maybe the best. We played against um, University of Florida Gators and and Florida State. I remember at those games, and they were just I think um, practice games as well. We had way over a thousand people come and just watch, and the crowd was amazing. And we had this field with this huge jumbotron, and the students were like it was a it was I think the closest thing I would ever come to playing as a professional. Yeah. And we had it was we had the staff around. We had a strength coach. We had we had uh, I think three um, three people that would just stand on the sideline and be like apprentices and watch for all the team activities going around us. 
and um physios and yeah all team of it. doctor, doctor pretty much. Yeah. yeah and um we had um indoor facilities like strength like the gym and we had um underwater treadmills mm. so if you did recovery you can run on water uh, like run in the water on treadmills which i'd <laughs> in never Na- in even nashville seen. they they walk on water yeah but <laughs> you run in water <laughs> run on the treadmill water, in yeah. Tampa. so it was just it was insanely professional and everything got washed and was ready and we got food and we got per diem which is when you travel you get a lo- little bit of money and i i felt so i felt like the guys that you see on on tv every night like yeah. the big stars that's how i felt and um it was just insane because i i don't think even now i mean i have a professional contract in norway but the professionality over there and how everything is integrated to fit your life and get the best out of you the whole time was just insane so i'm still like jealous that that hasn't come home with me in norway yeah touching on that because you you touched on on the facility part and what you have around there now but um, for other students that might think about going to college and, and playing soccer there what would you say is the biggest difference playing soccer in norway compared to playing soccer in the u.s so i think a lot of it was the physicality that they when we got over to preseason they work really really hard um and you're on the line of feeling like maybe i can every last ounce out of you so there was a lot of um, transition in just the fitness level to it because they're so fit over there and then i think the style of playing um, may also be different because they have way more subs that they can get in the game so the game is constantly high pace and then if you get tired they can switch you out and in again Mm -hmm. um so i think that you have to be really quick to adapt to the american way of playing and you have to be expecting that it will be really physical so maybe more um i think it's getting a little bit better but maybe or the coaches it depends on the coaches of course but um they focus a lot on the physical and the technical sometimes can come a little bit behind whereas in europe it's a lot of how you understand the play and that you're really technical um but i've seen i think at usf we that they started focusing a lot more on that the players their understanding of the game had to really develop because you could see that the european players or players from other parts of the world uh, were maybe a little bit soccer smarter than americans players would be so that is a huge advantage if you come from europe that you're really you have a good soccer mind Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of them have a lot to learn from us there definitely I think that uh, coaches, and we speak to coaches a lot, you know, about what they're looking for. They, they mm-hmm. need to find the different ingredients to build a team. Yeah. Because you couldn't have 11 Europeans and do great in college soccer. That's very rarely yeah. will be a success. You need the, like the mix of different styles. And that's what I loved about, for instance, my team, that we had so many different nationalities playing. And uh, you learn a lot from every single one of them. When I finally understood the guys from Trinidad, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, on the field it was uh, different. But they played a completely different style than I was used to. And my British teammates or my German teammates or my uh, teammates from Peru, you know. So it was, yeah. uh, but it, uh, and it takes a little bit of time to blend all into one. 
but I think that when you have a good mix of everything, it could be really, really good. Yeah, yeah. so the, the junior year, we had players from uh, Jamaica, uh, fr- from uh, New Zealand, uh, from Canada, from the States, um, from, I think we had one from England. So it was a really good mix from everyone. And then um, I think the core usually is American, and then there are a couple of foreigners, at least at the two schools I was at. And I think it was great because you learned so much from each other, not just the soccer part, but all the culture part as well. It just blends right in. So yeah. it was it was awesome. You met so many great people. But you ended up being the getting the armband team captain for the yes. team. I also got number nine, and I'm a <laughs> I'm a defender. So <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> but you um, you because. Uh, you would expect some goals from you with the number nine. Yes. We were joking about that. I remember. Yeah. And but you didn't score that many goals from your no, centre-back position. No, and uh, surprisingly not. I didn't score any goals, no. But um, I I don't think they have the same relationship to soccer numbers as we do. So as a centre-back, I mean, I in Norway would never get number nine. But they said that number is free, so good luck. You mm. can have it. So I took it. I thought it would be fun. Um, but I was also part of the, of the captain's team, I think, um, at... Lipscomb, I wasn't part of it, but I was part of like the group around it. And then at USF, I was part of the captain's team. And that was a huge honor because the, the team was really big. I think we had like 30 players at one point. And um, as a junior coming in from a different school, I felt it was a it was a big honor to have it and uh, like a sign of that I was really part of the team. And um, it, I mean, if you felt really powerful when you were out there, and other sports teams from our school, like baseball and softball or football, would come and support us, and you had that band on, and it was Florida sun going down, the sky was pink. I mean, it was a it was a dream book scenario, but um, you learned a lot too because they're really focused on leadership in the states, and that sports can give you so many leadership qualities. So we had a lot of. Um, seminars that we discussed how to become a better leader, especially as women in sports. How can we like take a position there and then transfer it over to um, our work life after college? And our coach was really focused on that. And because um, you, you had because uh, it's uh, a nice situation at USF. You have obviously Denise, which is the head coach, mm-hmm. and you have Chris, the associate head coach. Yes, and they are husband and wife yes (laughs) and that is a interesting dynamic yeah Uh, so um i was surprised as well that um a married couple worked so closely together um but it was it was a very good mix because denise was the head coach and oversaw the whole team and then chris which was um the defensive coach um i had the most contact with Mm. uh, practices and he was he was really great he was very calm and and just took a lot of time to get me into the team and what they wanted out of me because we switched positions a little bit over the seasons. And um, so it was just interesting to also see the dynamic between them two uh, and how how if one part wanted one thing, maybe the other one started arguing. But they never really did that because, I mean, I think they had been coaching 10 years at that point together. So, and and they have just, I think they've gotten really better at it because they figured out what each one of them is good at and they complement each other on that. So, but um, yeah, Chris was the one that I talked to the most 
uh, on the field, and he w- he was an amazing coach. He was really good. Cool. And you you got to travel. You mentioned it around the country to play these other schools. Uh, what what were your best memories uh, with your with your college soccer in your last two years? Um, oh, I have so many memories. So many. I think so many big games, especially against big schools. I think were amazing because you could go to their college like um actually we were at i just saw clemson yeah it's clemson Clemson. in the background yeah um so and these are the pictures that you see i mean we didn't play for that many people obviously this is like an 80 90 stadium for an american football team but But the the soccer team is right behind there and i've played there too and they had a we played on a sunday and the football team had a game on the Saturday. So when we were walking to the practice field, we saw all the people tailgating. Mm. And um, so I was literally in that almost. So you've, you're part of so many big memories and big schools that you see pictures of. And then it's just the important games that you remember, like um, when we played uh, Cincinnati in the, in the conference tournament final my junior year. And um, I think we played in Texas, if I'm not, I, I don't remember actually right now, but that game was also amazing because the first time we were in the final, it had been a long season and we were so highly ranked in the NCAA, we wouldn't make it to the tournament anyway. And then just just that feeling of going out and playing for something that felt like the World Cup for us uh, was great. And then we traveled I mean, I felt like I've been in so many states. I've seen so many things mm. and not just cities because usually you would go there for the weekend. So you would travel around and see a couple of things in each city. In Philadelphia, we went to like one of the oldest prisons that was like a haunted house around Halloween. And so it was just amazing to like literally experience the real America in all the different parts of America. And then I um I was also lucky to go on a mission trip my first uh, <laughs> spring break, and I went to El Salvador, which is um, a country you don't usually travel to because it's pretty dangerous. And we built a house there for families and um, got to travel around with the local people and kids teach kids. Um, so we so you get a lot of experiences and see a lot of things that you as a tourist would never do. So you really get to be a part of like the American culture. So that was just amazing. And those games are, I mean, the biggest games I'll ever play. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And an adventure like this eventually has to stop, but it ended up with you getting your diploma yes. uh, in biomedical sciences. Mm-hmm. It sounds complicated. And uh, <laughs> you, you, I mean, you, you're a very smart uh, woman, uh, Lotta. But how, how was it to finish and, and cap and gown and, and, and actually get that diploma? Um, I I remember when I I got it, I was kind of like stunned because the time went by so fast, the four years that, and you were just sitting there looking back at all the moments you had experienced and you were like, this feels like it's been 10 years of moments like squished in together into four years. And um, I was really proud of my degree because it was a really hard degree I thought I was struggling (laughs) and using a lot of tutors to get through it but um when I got back here and I look back at it and everyone I talked to thinks it sound sounded amazing and was really like impressed that people go to the states and do this and it was just 
even now when I go to interviews or talk to people about my school and my 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 background, I always mention that I was in the States first and also that I was playing soccer because people get a huge amount of respect for it because not only did you go to a different country and learn a different language, but you went to school and you did sports as well. So it was like a package that really is enticing to people. Mm. Um, so I would say it's always, always a big thing to mention it. And it, it was the degree. I mean, I really got to use it. I have a job now where I use it while I also study. And um, they're really highly respected. If you get a gr degree from the States, I would say, I've always gotten positive feedback. So it's been, um, it's only been positive, so now we do it again in a heartbeat if I could. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all would. Yeah. <laughs> So your parents, they, they got you back home again, yes. uh, back back in the motherland. Uh, and how was it to be back after those uh, those four years? But they felt like ten. <laughs> um, I think I mean it was it was a great four years. And after four years, I was ready to go home because all my other friends had graduated at the same time that I did. So I felt like this was the right time to go home. And um, But after college, because everything was so organized and set up for you, I didn't really know what I was going to do next. So I worked on a couple of different things for the first uh, six months and was trying to figure out, should I go back to more school? If so, what kind of like studies would I do? Um, or should I start working right away? And if I should work then with what because biomedical sciences is what they also call pre-med in the states so a lot of people go on and do more school after that and then um, I started working at this uh, pharmaceutical company called Abvi which um, Stabek actually helped me get so soccer again helped me Uh, with work and school because yeah, you, you were still playing at this yeah. point I mean you're, you still are right now yes um, and you played in the top division in Norway yes. so it's not like just playing a little bit on the side this <laughs> is proper <laughs> this is professional standard soccer yeah uh, so I came right back home and I actually the first half year I played for Lien, um and in the second division and then we won that division and got uh, qualified to go to the highest division in Norway Uh, but then I switched teams um, to Stabæk, which are also in the highest division, and then I played with them, and then they helped me get this. Um, it was an internship mm. at Abvi, and the company is called American actually, and um, that I got that internship because again soccer helped me with the connections, and then my degree from the states helped me secure that job, and then um, I started working there. And um, I was able to use my degree and still combine it with playing soccer. And they told me, um, if you want to work here and this is something you like, you should study pharmacy. And then I started looking into that and they have it at the University in Oslo. Um, so I applied for the fall and got in. And then because I had the degree from the States, um, a lot of the classes, um, I got credits for them, which means that I didn't have to take them. So the first, I think, a year and a half of the pharmacy study here in Norway, I got most of the credits accepted. So I had 
maybe one or two days a week where I had a couple of hours of school, but the rest was because of my pre-med was already done. Mm. Um, and now we're going into more um, pharmacy-based um, classes. So now I am full-time, but a lot of the stuff that I had from the States has helped me so much in the studies here because, first of all, a lot of it in Norway as well as in English, all the books um, that we have to read, and then just the basic understanding of the whole um, pharmacy world has helped me through the college and the job. Mm. So that was I was really good, and um, so I use my my college degree every day. Yeah. Cool. And uh, obviously, trolls, you use your degree every day. You know, yeah. business degree and your communication, mm. marketing. Uh, it, it's fulfilling to, you know, you've studied something and then you take that and you apply it. I mean, it's because uh, yeah. not not all people do that. It's, some might just get a degree and then they do something wildly different. Yeah. Many people in my family have done that, mm. uh, where they, you know, you just, you landed on a passion of yours, uh, which is which is really rewarding, I feel. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes the opportunity presents itself, which is within your field, and then you can just take it. So with me, it was a little bit of luck that um, I got this internship with them because of the connections through soccer. But then my previous degree from the States and um, the work I did there um, led me to the path I'm on now, which I really love. Yeah. And um, so and the whole combination of it is just great because I see at my work now the way you use English every day and a lot of the things I have to do um, are in English. And if you're not good in English it's like a big setback so mm. just to have that natural English talk for years every day even though it's American and it can be kind of hard in the beginning it's yeah. really huge huge positive yeah you talk a lot about atoms atoms in, in your work <laughs> now I know what atoms are so yeah. I'm good, Finally, yeah, good. Um, but I think your 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 journey is a very good example of how doors have opened for you uh, based on just taking the leap of faith and, and going to the U.S. And, you know, soccer has always been important and it's just const constantly been opening doors for you. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you can measure it in yeah, financially. You ended up with a full scholarship for four years, which obviously you didn't pay anything for schooling and, and living there. And that is one thing. But another thing is the experience and how you've grown as a person, which is, uh, and, and of course, the network. Because I imagine you... You speak with your friends from from Nashville, from Lipscomb, still, yeah. and, and of course, Florida. Yeah, they have. Um, I have had a couple of friends that have visited me in Norway, and this summer I was supposed to go over, but because of COVID, no one can, mm -hmm. <laughs> or I didn't want to, at least. And um, I mean, just you have a huge network over there. Um, you still have friends, and you have all these experiences that you can take with you. And I know that. Um, I mean, it's a tough job market out there and it's it's a lot of different directions that you can choose from. And then having that college degree and that soccer background really sets you apart because I've never had a, a negative feedback from, oh, you do sports still. I mean, you're 26 now and you still do it. It's always been positive because everyone um, can really bring in the positive things that you get from soccer and from being in a different country and culture. And you can take that with you for everything and then you have still i mean i have unique experiences that not many other people have 
Mm-hmm. And and I mean, I use that for all for all I can. I mean, every every second I get, I can mention it in an interview or just with people anywhere at a, at a job or even in soccer. You just bring it up all the time. People are really impressed or they want to talk about it and hear all your different stories. So it, it really is. It's only been a positive in my life so far. And what's next in your journey? You need to finish your studies because yes. you started those yes. and you're still playing for a very good team. So <laughs> what's uh, what's the plan moving moving forward? Well, when I'm done, I'll be done with nine years of college or university degrees. So that will be a lot. So hopefully I'll be really smart and get a really good job. <laughs> you sound very smart, Loma. I'll give you that. <laughs> Thank very you. smart. But um, so I'll be done. This is the start of my third year. So next year I have uh, kind of like clinicals, I would say, where I work half a year in a pharmacy. And um, and so I'll just I'll I guess the next three years I still have my degree to finish. And then I would really love to work in maybe a pharmaceutical company uh, where you develop new things or where you can focus on also the business side of it. So it's not just the 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 pharmacy part of it. And then with soccer, I'm not sure because, I mean, there is a lot of school now. And with the clinical, we'll see what we'll do. And hopefully next soccer season will also be normal because Mm. the corona has been really hard mentally for a lot of the players, I think. Um, So I'm not sure yet. I mean, I keep finding ways, different ways and different routes all the time. And new opportunities come up where I change my mind about something. But... I'm not sure yet. We'll see because yeah. it's been a crazy year, so I don't want to make any big plans. And yeah. the, the last thing on on what uh, you know you learn in college, at least I did, is the time management and structure. Yes. And you you play professional soccer, you go to school, and you have a job. Yes. And you even had time to come here. Uh, yes. You, you juggle those uh, different things very well. Um, well, it takes a lot of practice, I think, and I think college definitely helped that. And they had also helped the transition because I feel like a lot of students that come from high school in Norway where everything is planned for you and then straight to university where everything has to be managed by yourself can be a huge step even for people that are pretty organized. So in the States, I think that helped me a lot that that was like a hybrid version where it wasn't as strict as high school, but they also had a lot more follow up with you than they would here in Norway. Um, and then that helped you to take more control of your own time after a while and you could handle it yourself. But doing that much and especially sports, you get really, really organized because you just don't have time not to be. Like I'm constantly running from school straight to practice and then I usually work during the evenings or mm. I have more school because I have reports to to finish or look over or something like that. And then you get work emails all the time and you have that coming in between and you also try to have an actual life and see friends at least um a couple of them when it's allowed Mm. (laughs) so um so it's just i think the states helped with that but also just sports in general makes you forces you to be more organized and i mean everyone at work usually says oh you're so organized how can you fit like match all this into one day and then I keep saying yes to new projects and they're like, you're insane. But I mean, I, I get it done. And I think most athletes would also say that they would do, I mean, they do a lot and they do really yeah. well. They usually get really high praises from all 
from colleagues because they're so good at organizing the time and being efficient in what they do. Uh, and being a team player. Yes. Yeah. Um, we ask all our guests this, but um, why do you recommend other, you know, young athletes today from Norway or Sweden, Denmark, international students? Um, what would you recommend them uh, when going to college, when going to the U.S.? What I would recommend them? Well, I think the important thing is is that you actually dare to take the step forward because I think the states can be intimidating because everything is big and it's different. It's far away from home. But just taking that step, I mean, even if if it doesn't end up being your dream, you will take so much home with you um, that you can use in your life. And, and I don't think I've ever heard someone who'd said, I regret going over there because if it if it is something that you generally don't like, you can always come back. So everyone that has been over there um, has has either gotten a degree, has gotten friends for life, an experience in itself. You always get something good out of it. Um, so if you're unsure, I would definitely go for the process and then you can always, always come back home. Great. Lotta, it's been really good to have you. Thank you for uh, letting us be part of your story and, yep. and hearing it. It's, well, you it's made fun. it happen. Well, I was a <laughs> little part of it. You, I think you, you made it happen here, <laughs> fair to say. But thank you so much for coming by thank our studio. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks.